Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode, hey Jewel. Hi Anne. I guess we can just never go on vacation again because I feel like the entire world of pop culture just imploded the one last week that we were off. I haven't felt overwhelmed like this since I feel like I missed a couple of days of school and then I had to play like extreme catch up. What I think is so crazy is that it's not like we decided last minute that this was the week that we were taking off. I feel like we submitted those dates back in July and then it just so happened that every single thing transpired last week. It was like insane. It was truly insane. Okay, the way that we are going to do this is this week we have three episodes like normal, but they're Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday since obviously our producer is off Thanksgiving and the day after. And so today we're just doing basically a relationship mega episode since so much of the news that happened last week was relationship-centered. We figured the best way to try to break it up is just to do all things couples this episode. Tomorrow we're going to do Bravo, so it'll be Salt Lake City, Potomac, and Ultimate Girls Trip. And then Wednesday we'll kind of do like a midweek episode, so overflow that we missed, obviously other things that are going on, but that's the best way we figured we could try to organize it because it's just a mishmash of so many things. What was in the water that there are this many relationship things? A lot of people think it had to do with the moon and the lunar eclipse stuff, which I do believe in because it felt like it was too much for it not to be something. I don't know what that thing was. It was something all right. Although people say in general, and I would have to go back and track this, that these months, like October, November, the months leading up to December, often can stir things up relationship-wise, which I guess kind of is true. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you have the whole like cuffing season thing going on, but this was just a whole other level. Yeah, it was, it was a whole other level. Okay. So obviously we should start out with Kim and Pete. Yes. I mean, I'm going to physically combust if we don't. Okay. Let's just go back for a second. Obviously for the last two weeks, we've talked about this at length, but let's go back to Wednesday, November 17th. Julie and I are still off. We're in LA and we are just scrolling through Instagram. And all of a sudden 
none other than rapper Flava Flav posts a photo of himself, Pete, Kim, and Chris in matching Skim's pajamas at Chris's Palm Springs house celebrating Pete's birthday. (laughs) And I just want to tell you that was a real sentence that I just said. I still feel like we were so caught up with obviously the Kim and Pete element of it that we're not even acknowledging the fact that like, why was Flava Flav in Kris Jenner's Palm Springs house? The thing that I think is so funny about it is I don't even question anymore like how different celebrities are friends since we always talk about that web. It's more so the fact that Flava Flav is the one that broke it to us, right? Like we had thought that Kim and Pete were spending time together, but the first photographic proof we get is in the form of a casual Instagram post from Flava Flav. Like that is a lot to wrap your head around. Also though, rewinding back one day to Tuesday, not skinny, but not fat had posted something on her story about this Israeli mentalist who has done a lot of the Kardashian events. Like his name is Lior Shahard, I think. And there was an Israeli news outlet that had posted about it. And so she had posted that story, but not translated it. So I'm sitting with Isabel on Tuesday, going through on my Hebrew keyboard, typing into Google Translate everything that's in this one Israeli news post, trying to figure it out. And what the post had said was that Lior was going to perform at Kim's new partner, Pete Davidson's birthday party. And then Lior had posted something on his story that was like being in Palm Springs. So when they had posted, when Flava Flav had put up that post of them in Palm Springs for Pete's birthday, I wasn't shocked to see them there because I had already had that heads up from sitting with Isabel for an hour trying to translate what this post was. No, I know. And I was honestly so grateful that you did that because we had that background, but I was still just as shook because not only was it like, holy shit, Flava Flav is kind of casually breaking this to us, but also they're in matching Skims pajamas. Like, We'll get into a timeline in a second because obviously more things have come out, but I quickly want to just say this one thought. I do not think that this is necessarily the case, but I would be lying to you if when I saw that post, I didn't say to myself, is this just an elaborate plot because Pete is about to be the new face of Skims Men and they're going to do like the hottest photo shoot a la Courtney and Megan, but it's going to be Kim and Pete and she's going to fucking blow this out of the water PR wise. Like... I don't think that's what's happening. And later on, we'll get into what we do think. But I want to tell you that that was my first thought when I saw that photo. Well, I still haven't moved on from the idea that this is all just PR. Right. Okay. Should we go on and then we'll like really get into it? Because I know we have so many feelings. Yes. Okay. That's on Wednesday. Now on Thursday, page six is the first to report that apparently they have, quote, exclusively learned the two are officially dating. Then, according to E! News, a source allegedly said, quote, they're really happy in seeing where it goes. Pete has told her he doesn't want to see anyone else. She's telling some people they aren't super serious, but she isn't seeing anyone else. She's trying not to make a big deal about it, but she's super into him. Kim is smitten over him and it's very exciting to her. He makes her laugh the entire time they're together and she's completely enthralled by him. They're making the distance work and have plans to continue seeing each other. On Thursday, November 18th, this is the day that the photo of them holding hands Kim in the Yeezys, Pete in the Skims pajama pants is released. It was taken in Palm Springs, unsure of the exact location. The photos were released by Daily Mail. Okay. I just, it's important to me since we have been on this podcast journey, like you guys listening for a while now, to paint to you the picture of what happened when this dropped. Julie Isbell and I were sitting in three separate rows on the plane back to New York, so fucking high, like on these edibles, literally tripping off these edibles. And this photo is released. And 
Julie and I pop out from either side of the aisle and it was just straight chaos. Like I've never been more grateful for in-air Wi-Fi in my entire life than in that moment. I was just going to say it could have been an ad for in-flight Wi-Fi. That was a go-go in-flight Wi-Fi. Truly, it really was. That's the other thing is those pictures get released. And Isabel was the one that said this right away because she had seen the video first and then sent it to us. Like that handhold was a second captured in time. And it was very similar to the Brad and Jen handhold or the hand grab that we had seen at the SAG Awards, where when those pictures were released, we went absolutely crazy. And then when you watch the video, you see it was really just a second that happened to have been captured. And that's exactly what happened with the Kim and Pete thing here. Like it was very flirty, that handhold. I'll agree. Like it was a grab and then release, but it still wasn't them walking, holding hands as the picture would have you to believe. I have to tell you, I obviously understand the similarities because when you see the video, it clearly makes it less of a thing. It's not like they were holding hands the entire time as one still photo would suggest. However, my reaction to when I saw the Jen and Brad video was very different than this. Because with that one, I remember thinking, wow, like we're making a whole big deal out of nothing. Whereas this one, I didn't care if they were holding hands the entire time, if they just touched hands or what the deal was. Like It was enough to me that he was still in Skims the next day. They were in some undisclosed location in Palm Springs, and it looked like they were having a morning after stroll. Like I didn't need a hand touch or hold to still think it was fucking insane that they were getting out of the same car, seemingly like having just hooked up in Palm Springs. Like I- I'm still wrapping my head around it. No, me too. And I so agree. Like it you know, and there was obviously something that was flirty still about their handhold, apart from the obvious doll. Like, it was almost the way that, like, they both dropped their hands at the same time. Like, they got a second in and then dropped it. Again, I'm not entirely convinced that it wasn't for the camera, so it's hard for me to say. But I agree that it was inherently different than the Jen and Brad one. But at the same time, that reality of the situation versus the picture you saw is still there. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I want to quickly do the little like 30 second timeline. And then I want to get into theories because I think it's important to just kind of like get us onto a clear starting path. So October 9th, Kim hosts SNL. October 29th, 20 days later, that's the photo of them holding hands on that roller coaster. November 2nd, the alleged dinner in Staten Island. November 3rd, dinner at Zero Bond. November 8th is when Pete is on Seth Meyers, doesn't confirm anything, kind of just jokes around about it. And November 16th is his birthday in Palm Springs. So this has been about a month and a half of whatever's been going on. So that's about how long we've had to kind of process this. I think we are all still as a whole processing it. But I I have changed my stance since when we were on two weeks ago, and I'd like to update as to where we're both at. How do you feel about that? I feel great about that. Okay. So I agree with you in the sense that it does feel a little bit PR-y and even that one second handhold did. At the same time, I don't think there's anything they could do, even if it was the most serious relationship that wouldn't feel PR-y because it's just seems too fake to be real. That being said, I've changed my tune. Two weeks ago, I was like, I literally cannot picture this. I don't understand. Now that I saw some photos and I got a better sense and I actually was forced to have a visual. My stance on it is that it's actually happening. They're not dating. I think they are just hooking up. And I think that for Kim, this is like the most lighthearted fun she has probably had in the last few years. And it's exactly what she needs. So I don't think they're ever going to seriously date, but I think this is like 
going to be an extended hookup that's going to be one of the best things that's ever happened to either of them. And I don't think it's fake, but I think they're very aware at the public reaction, or at least Kim is. I so agree with that. Like, what my thought on it is, is like, yes, I do think they're hooking up. I don't think this is just a fake thing that blossomed out of nowhere. I think there is obviously an element of it that is real. I just think that at least from the Kardashian side of it, they've seen the way the public has reacted to this, both like positively, negatively, just all around freak out. And with the way their brains work, it's like, okay, we can use this. Like we can really blow this up. So like, even if it is just a hookup and they're hanging out and like they're having nothing but fun, the PR spin that's being put on it is that it's much more of a thing than it maybe actually is. Right. And exactly. And I think that they're totally fine with that being the narrative that's being ran with, even if it's not the case. And the one other thing just to kind of touch on is I know, you know, a lot of people are speculating that they're really putting this into overdrive as a way to distract from what's going on with the Astroworld tragedy, which I fully respect that opinion. I just, I don't know. I mean, obviously later on, we'll do a little Astroworld update because as more has come out, it's only more inexcusable and gotten darker and just more disgusting really. But I don't, that's not what I see this as. Again, I know a lot of people think that's the case. And if that's your opinion, I totally respect it. I just feel like, honestly, maybe I'm just so disgusted by the Travis Scott thing that nothing could distract from it for me. But to me, I almost view these in two different spheres. Like no matter what's going on with Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson, Travis Scott has blood on his hands. And to me, that's not going away. So maybe I'm biased when I look at that. Well, I also think in both of our eyes, and we spoke about this when we gave, you know, our feelings on Astro World and spoke about how disgusting and like just truly awful it was. But what we said was like, you know, this is Travis. This is something that Travis did wrong. This is something that Travis is responsible for and holds responsibility in. This is not the family's responsibility. So I totally understand in terms of people thinking that this is a distraction from that. It very well may play a part in that for me. I, in my mind, have separated the family from this incident because, again, like we've spoken about so many times, it's I don't believe in holding the women of the family responsible for what the men have done in any case, not just Kardashian. So for me, it's two separate issues. I also think that something that a lot of people do when they look at the PR machine that is Kardashian, they always equate certain moves to specific things. And the reason that the Kardashians are so successful is because they understand the concept of just overall PR rather than PR to distract from one specific incident or to promote one specific thing. Like the reason they're so successful is because they understand their name and their value and how that equates to every single thing they're doing and every single move they make. So when Kardashians do something PR related, it's for the whole brand, not for one specific thing. And that's what we're talking about with Kim and P here. Like if this is PR related, this not only, again, if you're going with the theory that it distracts Masterworld, yeah, it for a lot of people, maybe it does that. It also promotes Skim. It promotes the Hulu show. It distracts from maybe anything going on with Scott. Like every single thing is just a working piece here. So it's not just one thing that we're working with here. It's the whole machine. Exactly. I mean, that's why I think that it's the biggest difference 
you know, comparing it to an actor or something that has a new movie coming out. So obviously they're doing a lot of press and maybe they're spotted out more. The Kardashians, it's as if they are actors with movies coming out every week because every week there's a new Skims drop or Good American drop or KKW fragrance or Courtney's pushing something new on Poosh or whatever the thing is, the relevance level has to be so high in order to maintain the success of all of the businesses that are constantly moving and constantly coming out with new things. So I'm very much on your page about that. I really, really am. That's my stance. And listen, whether or not people like it, it's factually been successful. That that tactic has factually been successful because I would like to know a skims drop since its inception that has not sold out immediately. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's the other thing is typically when Kardashians do something that has PR motives, like I said in the beginning, it's not derived from something fake. If this Kim and P thing is happening and it's being blown out for PR purposes, it's not being derived from a fake relationship. It's being derived from a hookup or a starting relationship that they're blowing out of proportion or they're blowing up for that purpose. And every single time something Kardashian related happens, I feel like people automatically jump on that bandwagon first of like, oh, this is fake. It's just for PR. It can be both. Both can be true. It can be absolutely real and still have those PR motives. Exactly. And that's what I think is happening here. Like, okay, let's be honest. They're in this massive Palm Springs compound. Who knows what those photos were at? I don't know where they were going, but let's say they were going to get iced coffee. Hypothetically, I'm just making this up because it seemed like a very casual run. Anything in the entire world that they were going out to get, they could have had delivered to the house. They could have had somebody go out and get for them. So let's just be honest, it was a conscious move to be spotted. They didn't need to be spotted. If they wanted to not be spotted, they wouldn't. But I think to our point constantly, we were having this conversation a few months ago when ASAP and Rihanna were having dinner in New York and they like kind of put on a display for the paparazzi, I think. And we were saying, you were saying, you know, oh my God, if I was a celebrity couple, I would just fuck around with us. Like it's so much fun. That's exactly what they're doing. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson giving us a one second handhold while she's wearing Yeezys and he's wearing Skims pajamas. That is the exact type of fuckery that we want from our celebrities and they're giving it to us. So personally for me, I've never been happier. Exactly. Yes. A hundred percent that. This is like insane guys. Like I know sometimes it's really hard for us to gauge what like a quote normal level of interest in this is because clearly our interest is just so much higher than your average person. But I really do feel that this is the type of story where even if your pop culture knowledge or interest is limited, you give a shit about this. Like the amount of people that have asked me about this that typically do not care at all, parents, friends, uncles, aunts, like I just think this is crazy. I cannot believe we are witnessing this. This is really how I feel. No, I know. I was at a dinner the other night and not prompted by me. We all went around and said what our theory is and what we think of Kim and Pete. Think about the progression from the first time we saw those photos of them on the roller coaster, or even, dare I take it, a few weeks earlier than that, them kissing in the Aladdin scene. You know, never in our wildest dreams would we have thought this. Well, I can't stop laughing because we have gone through every single scenario of who we thought the first person Kim would date after Kanye was. And (laughs) based on just pop culture alone, we probably should have said Pete, but it never even a little bit crossed my mind or your mind. Julie, we got one inbox about it one time. And I remember, I don't know, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or if I just said it to you kind of like laughing it off. Like, wow, I love how big people dream. Like, 
This is wild. And I, by the way, I am totally over the like, wow, Pete Davidson pulls so much. How's he doing it? No, at this point, no more questions can be asked. Clearly the kind hearted, funny guy thing who's also tall and attractive to a lot of people is working and it's working for him. And at this point, I think it's almost insulting to continue to question. That's how I really feel. I mean, by the way, I personally have never wondered how he pulled at all. I I think that the fact that people had that question in the first place is insane to me. How he pulled Kim, that's still a question that I think is fair to be asked. It's just a really, I think I said this a few weeks ago, like if you are Kim Kardashian and the first person you are going to allow yourself to be publicly linked to after your divorce announcement with Kanye, that person to me, like that's a very flattering spot to be in because it's now... A, a stain is the wrong word because that that has like a negative connotation, but it's now a forever imprint on her pop culture trajectory. And so she like selected him basically. Well, when you break it down like that, he is almost the perfect person for the role in the sense of like, he's built up enough clout to be in this position in terms of the people he's previously dated. He is funny and not serious enough that like, you're moving on from one serious relationship to another. He is somebody who like, it humanizes you a little bit to date. Like when you break it down, like really break it down, it almost makes sense. But when you look at them together and you just like say the words Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian, like it's still unbelievably confusing. By the way, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I couldn't be more excited. I couldn't be more on board with the fact that this is all happening, real, not real, PR, not PR. It just blows my mind still. Oh, it fucking blows my mind. I know. I mean, that's why to me, the way to view it and like understand it is once you remove the idea of like, oh my God, could Pete Davidson be the next, you know, stepfather to Kim's children? Like, no, let's, let's take a second. Kim has had a really stressful time with Kanye these last few years. And I think she just wants to laugh and have some really fun sex. That's what I think. And he is, let's talk about it. Honestly, he's known to be very well endowed. Obviously she's a very sexual person. I think they're having a phenomenal time that is really carefree. That's my gut feeling. I think they're absolutely having a phenomenal time. Guys, I'm so happy we're back. I, I Being on that plane ride, so stoned with those photos breaking and not having a podcast the next day was an experience that I'm happy happened once, but I never want it to happen again. Never again. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. 
Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, completely shifting gears here, but also a really big deal. Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello have announced their breakup after two years of dating. They posted the same Insta story on Wednesday. It read, Hey guys, we decided to end our romantic relationship, but our love for one another as humans is stronger than ever. We started our relationship as best friends and will continue to be best friends. We so appreciate your support from the beginning and moving forward. And apparently a source close to Camila told E! News that Sean was the one who initiated the split, but that she was very upset. Quote, it was really hard for a few days, but she's been spending a lot of time with friends and keeping busy. She's a huge support system and is feeling renewed now. Camille and Sean are still in communication and want to be friends. It was not a bad breakup at all. The relationship was getting stale and complacent and they decided they're better off being friends. <laughs> I feel like I was just getting on board with this too. I know. I feel like it really got to the point where we all kind of just accepted it, even those of us who were reluctant to kind of believe it in the beginning. And I don't know. I mean, just a quick timeline for a second. Like June 2019 is when Senorita dropped. Later that month, Camila and her boyfriend break up after one year. And July in 2019 is when the rumors really started. So there was the video, if you guys remember, back in July 2019, just a few weeks after the initial rumors, where there was a video of them kissing at a restaurant together in Oakland. And that was kind of like the first confirmation. September of 2019 was when they did that kissing video on Instagram. Never forget that. April 2020, they had quarantine together. Obviously, September of this year, they did the Met Gala. So it's been going on for a few years. I honestly, like, I kind of, I believe that statement. I, I think that nothing terrible happened. I think they were really close friends. They'll continue to be close friends. I think it just wasn't working for whatever reason you want to believe. That's how I feel too. I mean, I, I won't be surprised to see them getting along or like publicly being friends in the future. And based on the report of you know, Camille being the one to not initiate the breakup and being a little upset about it, it may take time to see them in public again. And it may take time to see them as friends or even collab again. But I don't think it'll be the craziest thing if it happens in the future. No, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, you know, a lot of times you see these breakup posts and it's just such bullshit because you can tell that there's so much hostility on either side. That's just not the sense that I get from this. I really don't. Obviously, like, they run very much in the same scene. They're going to have to overlap. They're going to see each other at events, at award shows, all of those things. So I think it's also just in their best interest to split amicably and be on a great page with each other so that in the future, even if they don't want to collab or be friends, they still can see each other out and it not be a night ruiner for both of them. Yeah, I really feel that way. And I also, by the way, don't think, my gut, I could be wrong. I don't think they're getting back together. I think that this relationship ran its course and that's kind of going to be it. But I don't know. I think, you know, for two people that are really famous, like they are both serious A-list musicians, I think that it's relatively calm and like relatively normal (laughs) breakup wise. Yeah, it does seem that way. I mean, also... I was surprised by this, not shocked, but surprised because I feel like usually with people like Sean and Camila who have such strong fan bases, when things start to go a little downhill or things start to separate, people really 
pull out all of the stops in terms of speculation and theories. And I feel like I personally didn't see any of that before this breakup came out. I mean, I may have missed it. I'm sure people who are like really deep in it saw some signs, but there was nothing on Twitter or TikTok that was leading me to believe that this breakup was inevitable or coming quickly. So when they did release that statement, I was just surprised because there was nothing preparing me for it. No, me neither. I mean, other than my initial like speculation, I know, listen, I know a lot of people DM'd us basically saying like, you know, you guys had a hard time seeing this in the beginning. I bet you're so happy. Like, no, not at all. I I want nothing more than two people who love each other to stay together if that's what they want. It's not like I feel validated by the breakup. I think that they had a relationship built on a lot of respect and it came to a close and they just ended it gracefully. Like that's really how I feel about it. Totally. I also think it's important to clarify because I know there are a lot of people who listen to this and be like, they were together for two years. Like, how did you have any feeling of like, this isn't real or whatever it was? I think we also have to remember when this relationship started, obviously they connected over a song that they were both on, but they were friends for years prior. But when their relationship was really heating up, like they were making out pretty much everywhere in the most public places possible. Like every single body of water in Miami, there were Sean and Camila making out. So it was like, there was an element of it that was almost too public. And then you had when they were in quarantine together and they were taking those slow paparazzi walks with their like open cups of coffee. Like it wasn't just like you were looking at this couple and you're like, oh, they like whatever. Like there was something a little bit strange about the way they interacted with the public from the beginning. Well, for sure. I mean, if I guess it was more so you can make an argument either way. If you were somebody who like quote stand them, you can make the argument they spend every single waking moment together. They're so comfortable with one another. It's not staged. And then if you're somebody who thought that it was a little bit for publicity, you can make the same argument. Like why are they kind of going out of their way? Then again, if I'm just giving a counter argument, Courtney and Travis have made out on every single surface in California and nobody's ever once questioned the legitimacy of their relationship. So I don't know. I am happy for them that they figured it out and I think we'll see what happens. Right. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. This next one isn't really a story. It's kind of just an announcement, but apparently Jacob Elordi and Kaya Gerber have broken up. She deleted all photos of him from her Instagram. A source told page six on Thursday that they're over, but that it was amicable. And I don't know, this seems like pretty underwhelming. Yeah, it was definitely underwhelming, especially in comparison to a Sean and Camila breakup that kind of took over the breakup news circuit. That's a couple where it'll be interesting to see who both of them date next. 
Or by the way, if they date again, see like that's one where I could see, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying I could see six months down the line, them publicly hooking up again. I don't know if it's going to happen, but either way, it'll be interesting to see who they both go to or, you know, if there's a rekindling. That's a great point. I could see that too. Listen, I'm thrilled about Tom and Zendaya, which we'll get into in a second, but I still maintain that Zendaya and Jacob Elordi was one of the hottest couples I've ever seen. They were like an obscenely hot couple. I remember seeing those pictures of them walking around the city and being like, that is a couple I want to see go like the fucking distance. But also on top of that, like you were just coming off of the euphoria hype. Like it made so much sense in your mind. And then they both kind of quietly went separate ways. So again, I don't see anything happening with them, especially because Zendaya and Tom seem so, so unbelievably in it. And we're going to get into that in a second with their GQ article. But it's always interesting when one breaks up and you go back to filming with the other. Listen, I agree with you. Tom and Zendaya seem really solid and I stand by that and I'm really happy for both of them and love it. I would be lying if I said to you that the thought hadn't crossed my mind about what a single Jacob Elordi and obviously it quote taken Zendaya is going to be like filming. I, I just, I've thought about it. I'm not saying anything. And I definitely don't think she would ever like cheat on Tom. That's not what I'm saying, but they're human beings just because they're celebrities. People still have, you know, feelings for their exes, even if it was just a fling. And when you're spending that much time together, it'll just be interesting. That's all. If I'm Tom Holland and my girlfriend is Zendaya and she's going back to film Euphoria with Jacob Elordi, There is a part of me that has to be overwhelmingly confident in our relationship to not worry a little bit. And you know something? Obviously, I'm just speaking into the wind here. I think he is. I do too. Okay. Can I tell you what I really think? I... (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I think that the reason that Tom Holland is so likable and specifically the reason that their relationship has been so favorable in the public's eyes is he does both things. On one hand, you know that he is like, holy shit, I cannot believe I'm dating one of the most beautiful women in the entire world. His you know, Instagram has become like a Zendaya fan page, which is so celebrated. At the same time though, I think he's like, you know what? This makes sense. And the two work together so perfectly because he never feels cocky or conceited. You feel like he's constantly in awe. At the same time, you get the sense that he's secure in it. Something I love about Tom Holland is that he clearly went to the Justin Bieber school of how to be a good Instagram boyfriend slash husband, because it is one thing, right? To take a picture of your girlfriend or your wife to post. It's another thing to comment something really sweet on her pictures. It's even another thing to share her post to your story. But when you're giving her a consistent amount of solo Instagram posts on your feed just to praise her, that's when you've reached the top. Right, exactly. And it's so celebrated because if you were dating Zendaya, you'd do the same fucking thing. Oh my God, I'm not dating Zendaya and I will literally post her as a solo post on my feed. Same with Haley, by the way. I know. So Tom did this interview with GQ. It was titled, Tom Holland is in the center of the web by Oliver Franklin Wallace. And we just pulled like, literally two paragraphs that we wanted to read because it's very relevant to the Zendaya conversation. Okay. It's obviously coming in from the middle. Quote, but the funny thing about fame is that just as you start to find your dreams coming true, so too can nightmares. And so it was this summer when pictures emerged in the tabloid press of Holland and Zendaya in a car in LA kissing. It's a small thing, a kiss, 
And ordinarily, two 20-somethings in a relationship embracing at a stoplight would remain what it is, a moment of intimacy between two people. Only in this case, that kiss was instantly beamed around the world to be dissected in reaction videos, relationship timelines, and entertainment tonight. Page six, Zendaya, Tom Holland finally confirmed their dating with steamy car makeout, as if they had any choice. Holland's private life had been in the press before, but this was different. Their fans had long obsessed over whether the pair were together. Quote, Tom Holland and Zendaya flirting for eight minutes straight, 1.5 million views. Some argued it must be a publicity stunt. Quote, one of the downsides of our fame is that privacy isn't really in our control anymore. And a moment that you think is between two people that love each other very much is now a moment that's shared with the entire world, Holland says. He said very little publicly about their relationship, and you sense it's something he's still navigating, trying to work out how much to give. Quote, I've always been really adamant to keep my private life private because I share so much of my life with the world anyway, he says. We sort of felt robbed of our privacy. The interviewer says, you weren't ready to talk about it. He says, I don't think it's about not being ready. I think it's just we didn't want to. Holland knows it'll soon be on a global press tour facing endless questions about it. Quote, it's not a conversation that I can have without her, he says. You know, I respect her too much to say, this isn't my story, it's our story. And we'll talk about what it is when we're ready to talk about it together. Quote, it was quite strange and weird and confusing and invasive, Zendaya tells me later by phone. The equal sentiment we both share is just that when you really love and care about somebody, some moments or things you wish you were your own. I think loving someone is a sacred thing and a special thing and something that you want to deal with and go through and experience and enjoy amongst the two people that love each other. I see we're throwing out the O word a lot here. Yeah, no, they love each other. I think it's like happening. That's the thing with the two of them though, is that they've been friends for so long and they've worked together for so long that they've built up such an unbelievable amount of love and respect for each other. So for this to, you know, go from a friendship to a relationship, obviously you carry that same amount of love and respect. It's only amplified. It doesn't go away. I feel like that's the the thing about their relationship is like, it doesn't feel over the top to me that they're already saying, I love you. I mean, obviously we don't know their timeline specifically, but it's like, when you're such close friends and you have been friends for so long and you're like used to saying, I love you, you don't just stop saying, I love you. Oh my God, of course not. I, as you were saying that, I was relating to something in my own life. And I'm curious if anybody listening just did the same thing. Like if you've been in that situation, you know what it's like. It's, it's, so, it's such a natural progression. It doesn't feel weird. But it's also like a very unique situation. No, absolutely. And I think that if you're lucky enough to be able to experience and have it, you know, progress in a way that's graceful and not hurtful to either party, that's like really beautiful. I'm very on board with this couple. I know we were just talking about Jacob and and Zendaya and like, I guess that was more of how they look aesthetically. With Tom and Zendaya, you can really see the way they care for each other and love each other and respect each other, both as people and actors and everything. And I think especially in this GQ interview where they're speaking about each other for the first time as a romantic couple, you really see that come through. But I don't know. I'm just such a fan of theirs. And it feels like their relationship is such a natural progression, not only for them, but almost for their fans as well. And I always love really seeing that, especially when, to me, it feels authentic. I can't explain why one thing seems like a PR stunt and then one thing doesn't, especially when it kind of has all of the makings of that. But to me, this just feels overwhelmingly genuine. Yeah. And also just to touch on what they were talking about with the photo, you know, we talk a lot about this like paparazzi intrusiveness and how on one hand you're the consumer and you 
want to come down on them hard, specifically when it comes to something with like children. Like we talk about this a lot with Blake Lively. At the same time though, you'd be lying if you said you didn't love seeing it. And I know I joked in the beginning of like, don't you feel guilty? Honestly, I I feel for them that this felt like an invasive moment. I still, I still, when I viewed those photos, I didn't feel dirty for seeing them because I guess I felt like it was in public. And this is one of those times where I'm like, I so badly want for you to have that privacy yet also with this level of fame, like it just comes with the territory. You know what I mean? So I, I I don't know. I I think that a public kiss, you can't be surprised if it's going to be photographed. I feel for them. Absolutely. But I still don't think that it was like off limits from photographers, if I'm being honest. That's how I felt as well. I mean, listen, like anytime a celebrity comes forward saying that a private moment even if it was in public, it's something they didn't want to share. Like I can understand that frustration, of course, and I can feel for that. At the same time, like, you know what? If you're driving around in your car in LA, you're two of the most famous people in the world with such a highly speculated relationship and you kiss in public, the pictures are going to come out. Like I don't feel dirty for viewing those. I don't feel like anything was unbelievably invaded in terms of privacy. Again, I feel for them. Obviously it brought their relationship to light in a way that they weren't ready for and obviously probably catapulted them on a timeline that was quicker than what they were expecting. But at the same time, like if you're trying to be so careful that no one finds out, you just don't kiss in the car. All right. That's kind of how I feel. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, switching gears for a second. This is very in the similar vein of Sean and Camila, just in terms of the way that it happened. I know this is a different level of fame, but if you watch the show, My Unorthodox Life, you were probably as shook about this as we were, which is the fact that Batsheva Hart and Ben Weinstein, two of the stars from Netflix's show, My Unorthodox Life, have announced their breakup. And they both posted a story that said, after time and consideration, we made the decision to separate. We have so much love and respect for each other, but have realized that it's time to take some space to ensure that each of us live the most joyous, fulfilling lives possible. There are no secrets nor salacious events to blame. We're just two best friends who met at a very young age and have grown over the past nine years, each in our own way. We so appreciate your continuous support as we embark upon this new chapter of our lives separately. Bacheva and Ben. Okay, you really had to have watched this show to care about this. But if you did, and if you listened to our episode, like 
they have been together for a really long time. And it was very clear, even in just the, the short show, that they were on really different pages in terms of their comfortability with this new life that they were living. And I have to tell you, I was floored when I saw this happen. We kind of first started wondering about it when she had deleted photos of him from her Instagram and then it appeared that they weren't following one another. But now that I thought about it more, it actually makes a lot of sense. Like I was shocked in the beginning and then I was like, you know what? I should have seen this coming because they were never going to get to the same speed. I think he wanted to be more accepting, but he wasn't going to be there and she wasn't willing to slow down. And I think they just grew apart. I think so too. And also I remember uh, the timeline of wanting to have kids being a big issue on the show. And that's a big issue in relationships. I have to say though, of all of the relationships we're talking about in this episode, besides Kim and Pete, like this is the one that really shook me the most. Honestly, me too. And I know I just said earlier that, you know, now that I've had time to like process it, I get it. I do. But I think that the reason that I was so shocked and kind of still am is because on the show watching them, like, yes, you definitely noticed struggles and differences in their approaches. But the one thing that I think people took away was that it at least was a really kind of transparent account of what was going on. Like, in my opinion, I thought it was like one of the more honest, just examples of like what a newly married couple goes through. So I don't know. I guess I find when a couple is more transparent about their struggles, maybe I'm more surprised by the breakup because I feel like that means that they're going to push through it. I don't know if that's fair. I'm just trying to process my thoughts. The thing that really shocked me was he had posted on Instagram and said, with the caption in quotes, officially not famous. And the comment section on this post is like wild to me. Every single comment on it is like, congratulations, you're finally free, finally, so happy for you, so excited. Like, And it seems like not just people who watch the show commenting that, like it seems like a lot of people with very intimate knowledge that there was something wrong that the rest of the world didn't have that knowledge of. So for me, like that post had come out before the official breakup announcement had come out. So we were sitting there and we were reading through all these comments, so confused, waiting for some announcement from them because obviously you knew once he had posted that and you had seen the comment section that it wasn't going to be anything other than them splitting. But, you know, I can't say I'm shocked by the fact that they broke up. I mean, I am surprised, but again, like you said, when you look back on it and you look at their struggles and certain things they spoke about, you can't be overly shocked. I am absolutely taken back by how much it seems like people weren't rooting for them or were aware of something very, very wrong in their relationship that the public wasn't. I don't know, because I guess it depends like whose quote side you're on, not that they're presenting it as if there are sides. I can't help but feel like there was some sort of Julia Hart interference that people are responding to. Because even in the show, people, even people who really like her, I think were a little bit taken aback by how kind of invasive she was in their relationship and how willing she was to share some of their more private struggles. And like, it's one thing for Batsheva to have a hard time giving him grace in his like evolution with it all. Like if she's pissed, let her be pissed. I felt like Julia didn't necessarily handle it the best when it came to him. And so I don't know if there's any accuracy to that, but I felt like the response wouldn't have been that way in the comment section if people didn't view her as the mother-in-law's interference as like abrasive. I think that's a great point. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I listen, I think it's best for both of them. I think they got married really young. It was what they both wanted. They were in a completely different time and world when that was the case. And they're living new lives. They're kind of new people. So I think it'll be the best for both of them. I bet you the next person Bacheva dates is gonna be somebody who is like in the in the limelight. Yeah, I could totally see that as well. I mean, I you know, at first I had the thought of like, well, maybe they'll take some time apart because they're kind of framing it as a separation, not a full divorce. Um, maybe they'll take some time apart and realize that they really belong together and they don't really know how to navigate life without one another because they've been together for so long and they'll eventually find their way back. When you read the comment section of his post, it's like, how do you get back together after that? And not just like in terms of pride, just like in terms of clearly something was very wrong other than just like they needed time apart. Yeah. It's a good point, by the way, in terms of like the thought of them potentially getting back together and it always is possible, but you're right. It seemed like the vibe that I was getting was one of a final chapter. Yeah. This next one, we have no idea if there's any truth to it, but it's being speculated enough where it feels worth mentioning. So Priyanka, I guess, took the Jonas out of her Insta bio. I feel so stupid even saying that. Like it's, I know it's just an Instagram thing. And so people are speculating what that could mean. Obviously they've been married since December, 2018. They recently just celebrated Diwali together. She posted this loving caption. This was like literally three weeks ago. I don't know what's going on. I just feel like it's worth mentioning since it's being talked about that much. But what do you think? You know, I don't think it's stupid to harp on the removing of a name from your Instagram. Like, of course it's just Instagram, but at the same time, like if you get married and you change your name to take that out without any sort of like acknowledgement does feel like a big deal to me. Yeah, I guess it does. I think the thing with them is that there's a way that celebrity couples decide to do social media and they're typically on the same page about it. So it's either like super curated or it's kind of super organic. And I don't think that either one is a reflection of like the legitimacy of a relationship because one could argue Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively who are considered you know, super in love and together forever, they have a pretty curated presence. Like they're not just randomly posting things, even if it's for one of their birthdays and it's kind of funny, like it's intentional. Whereas if you look at a D-Wade and Gab Union or Kelly Ripa Mark Consuelos, it's very much more organic, natural kind of in the moment. But Nick and Priyanka are a couple that to me, the social media presence does feel very curated. So I find that I'm less in tune with what's a sign or not because it never really has that air of transparency. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I'll be shocked if this is the case. But again, you're right. It's it's always hard to tell with them. Yeah. The last thing for this relationship episode is Paris Hilton and Carter Reem's wedding that was on November 11th. Quite the affair. I mean, this was wild. It was on a Thursday, the actual wedding. And then it was basically just a weekend of events. They had a party at the Santa Monica Pier. They had other events at her grandfather's estate. It was just an absolute marathon of wedding events. And watching the show Paris and Love on Peacock, that sounds like an ad. I swear to God, it's not, even though transparently I do want to do ads with Peacock because I really am into the content. Um, Like I get it. I Now watching the way that Paris has been thinking about all this, which we'll talk about in a second. Like it makes so much sense as this is the way that she wanted her wedding to go down. Oh, this was as Paris Hilton as it could possibly get. If I had to draw up a Paris Hilton wedding for my own imagination, it would have probably been exactly this. Well, so this show, Paris and Love, which I guess the way they're doing it is they're releasing like one episode a week. There's a scene where she's meeting with her, Kathy, and then Mindy Weiss and Andrew, the wedding planners. 
And they're talking about, you know, all different ideas. And Paris makes a comment like, yes, this all looks beautiful, but I wish that it was something a little bit more like me. Like, you know, what if we did neon? And Kathy Hilton looked like she was about to pass out, like literally her worst nightmare. You know, she wants this very kind of beautiful traditional situation. And Paris is suggesting something to the effects of like Coachella. And seeing that also made so much more sense because it's like, okay, she got the most traditional Kathy Hilton approved wedding at Baron Hilton's estate. And then she also got to have the rave with Diplo at the Santa Monica Pier. So to me, I feel like spreading it out over that many days allowed her to have as much variety as she really wanted. Right. And I was happy that she did the wedding in the traditional way because I think she'll look back on those photos and be happy that she did it. But also she was able to do something that was so her style and celebrate her the way she wanted to be celebrated. And I literally mean celebrate her because if you look at those carnival, the giveaways from the prizes were like pillows of just her face, which is just like so unbelievably on brand. It's not even funny. But to me, like, obviously this was a celebration of like her and her new husband and getting married. But like, so much of this was so inherently Paris Hilton in the fact that it was really a celebration of her. For sure. And she owns it. I mean, she, that's what she was saying throughout this entire documentary. Like the way that her dad is with her mom, where he lets her shine and he's so happy to kind of take a backseat is how Carter is. And she was saying like, none of her other exes have been like that. They've also wanted to share the spotlight and she's transparent and saying she doesn't really want to. And there's a scene where she's talking with one of her best friends and the friend is like, well, we've always said we want a combination of like your dad and the way that Dolly Parton does it. Like Dolly Parton, one of the most famous celebrities in the world, you've never seen her husband walk a red carpet. And so it was just funny that she kind of got what she wanted. And like, you know, you see her talk about a lot throughout this process. Like, I don't know. I just have this fear that it's too good to be true. And I got to tell you, I am genuinely so happy for her, like truly but I got that same sense when I was watching it. I was like, is this guy really this good to her or is something a little bit weird going on here? Because it almost felt like, it almost felt a little fabricated or something. My question is, did you watch this before or after the news about him having a child came out? I watched it after, but I had the same feeling watching just one clip from before. So I like very good question. I genuinely don't think that it impacted my view that much. Because to me, when I watched, and again, I had only watched the first episode, I was kind of going off of her energy of like, wow, maybe this, this is it. Like, you know, she's getting married. She's going through with this. He seems to be so great. And maybe it is a little too good to be true, but I didn't get the impression that something was off. When that news story came out about him having a child that he had only met once, to me, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but that changes everything for me. So in case anybody doesn't know what Julie's talking about, a few days after the wedding, it was revealed that he has a nine-year-old daughter who, quote, he does not have a traditional relationship with and has only met once. This is what a spokesperson told Page Six. Quote, the people who the story matters to have known about it for 10 years. Carter supports this child. While he does not have a traditional father-daughter relationship with her, he's provided for her since the day she was born and will continue to do so. The mother of this little girl, Evie, is Laura Belize. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because she was in the VH1 series Secrets of Aspen in 2010. And she also briefly dated Mel Gibson, which there was controversy over whether or not he was the father. I like really don't know how to talk about this because if you go on Instagram 
the mother is very vocal about the situation. And she even posted like a handwritten letter that the daughter wrote him. And it's really kind of heartbreaking the whole situation. I just feel a little uncomfortable talking about it when it comes to the kids because I don't know what went on there. Like I really don't. It's kind of similar with the Shannon Mochler stuff, you know, with her kids. Like it feels off, but I I don't know. I feel very weird about it. But I I'd be lying to you if I said that this feels right to me. Like it, it just feels something's off. Right. Like the way I feel about this situation is obviously we do not have all the details, and obviously there is a whole backstory that we're missing. At the same time. Whenever there is a child involved who doesn't get the opportunity to have a relationship with a parent, and no matter what parent is to blame for that, and it kind of seems like it's on him right now. Again, don't have the backstory, but that's what it kind of seems like. That's something I can't get on board with. Like whenever there is a child involved and you are not taking an active role in that child's life, no matter what the backstory is, I have a very, very big issue with that. And it will always make me look at you differently. A point that I find interesting is that obviously people who knew knew, like not like the Hiltons didn't know this and people, you know, close to the family, I'm sure knew this and I'm sure somewhere within Hollywood, this was common knowledge, but it's crazy to me that it somehow managed to not get out as a public story until literally a day after the wedding. Yeah. I was shocked by that too, just because Obviously, I was so upset for Paris about this because it puts a dark cloud over the wedding of what should be like the happiest <laughs> week and a half of her life in terms of the, the wedding and the honeymoon and the nonstop celebration of this. And obviously, a news story like this coming out, you know, that shadows it a little. And so I was just shocked that they wouldn't have gotten on top of this prior to anything. Like, save everything as much hardship as possible, let this story come out months prior. And therefore you have run zero risk of it coming out in a way that's going to overshadow anything. Right. And I think obviously it was very intentional to do it in this way. Kind of, I'm sure the mindset of like, let the wedding festivities happen, let all the attention be there and then have this. I think that it wasn't, you know, far enough after the fact for it to not dim it. Again, maybe they don't care about that. Who knows? That's obviously all things considered the least significant, like who cares how it looks from a PR perspective, there's like a child here. That's really what matters. I just don't fully know what the deal is. And I, I just feel kind of weird talking about, but I also feel kind of weird saying that I don't think it's weird. Like something is a little bit off. Right. To me, yeah. I think the Hiltons were completely blindsided by this coming out. Not that they didn't have knowledge of the situation. I think they were blindsided by this article coming out, if I had to guess. You think so though? You don't think that it, they knew that something was in the works and they were integral in making sure it happened after the wedding? See, to me, they may have been given a heads up. I don't believe if they were in on the timing of this, that that's how it would have come up. Absolutely not. Okay. I could see though, an argument being made for them. Let's just hypothetically go on the fact that they knew it was coming and they had a say in the timeline. Okay. Just for a second. I could see Paris just based on what I've learned about her from watching her in various documentaries slash this show, not wanting anything to like even remotely damper the day. Like she is not somebody who I I feel like thinks, I don't want to say big picture. Clearly she does. She's built a fucking empire, but she's a little bit like in the moment. She doesn't even have, she doesn't really like to think so far in advance that I could totally see her being like, I just want to get through this wedding without this coming out. Right. I, 
yes. If, if, if the option was day of wedding or three days after, or four days after, yeah, of course she's going to choose that option. To me, I'm saying like, if it all exists in this one short time frame, that was not in their control. Like if their control was at the very most, please just wait till after the wedding to come out with this story, then like that I can understand. No one chooses to start off their married life with this story coming out. So like if the option was to release it, you know, somebody was like, we have this story, we want to come forward with it. And they were like, well, let's not ruin this whole engagement period. Let's not ruin the wedding planning. Let's not, you can do it right after the wedding. Like to me, no one wants to start out their marriage like that. Not even Paris who thinks very in the moment. So to me, like the only option for controlling when the story came out is if it was presented to them like the day before the wedding and they asked if they would kindly wait till after the wedding. Interesting. Okay. Possible. I don't know. I mean, I we're completely spitballing here. I don't even know if they were presented with it previously. I have to imagine that they did know. And I also fully believe, just to clarify, that Paris and the family knew about his child way before. I think it was more so a public shock, but I don't know. Also, the mother's Instagram handle is at SoCalSorority, if you want to see what I was talking about. It just, there's something about it where like, I want to know that the daughter is okay with this letter she allegedly wrote being published. Like, I don't know. I don't have all the facts, which is why I feel a little bit uncomfortable. But yeah, it's definitely something worth worth looking into more for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So that is it for today. But you guys will have us Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Tonight, Isabel and I are going to record the Salt Lake City, Potomac, and Ultimate Girls Trip. And then Julie and I will record Wednesday's episode on Tuesday night. And I think that's all. We love you guys so much. Welcome to Nada Yada Island. This season on Nada Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take Yada Yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join, same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.